listening to the Cars of Carlisle podcast, episode 49, Bob Bland, Fast Car, Big Heart. Cars of Carlisle is your favorite internationally downloaded podcast about all things automotive. Darren and his CFC team are ever searching for interesting automotive happenings, real stories about real car people, and fun features to inform and entertain you. Each week, the Cars of Carlisle crew brings you show topics ranging from car shows to team adventures to auto racing weekends to behind-the-scenes human interest stories from car nuts that live across town, across the country, or even across the globe. Come join the road trip. Today, Darren cruises to York, Pennsylvania to hang an enviable man cave garage of Bob Blanton. Meet Bob, a fun-loving, altruistic guy who has high-octane flowing through his veins. Not only does this owner of a 2009 Challenger SRT have a passion for fast cars, he is incredibly giving of his time, talents, and money in supporting wonderful causes via Rally North America. For nearly 10 years, Bob has been raising tens of thousands of dollars to help improve the lives of others, like children with terminal illnesses and the families of fallen police officers. You're invited into Bob's garage for a tour, as well as to ride along with the guys on a low-level flight in the Dodge Factory Tour Red Challenger. In today's episode, you'll learn about Rally North America and how Bob, his wife, and 80-plus rally teams have driven some of the best mountain twisties, and back roads throughout the United States and Canada. It's time to rally, so let's get revved up. Some time in Bob Blanton's garage. What a great guy. Met him through a local club and uh, spent a good part of the afternoon just hanging out with him. He took me for a ride in his Dodge Challenger SRT. Incredibly fast car. Had a lot of fun with that. We had the uh, back end of the car you know, we broke it loose more than once. It was fun. So before we get into today's episode, I want to say a big thank you to Cars of Carlisle sponsor, Man Engineering. If you have any need for high performance quality, the very best parts you can find aftermarket, you need to check out man-engineering.com. Tell them that Darren sent you and ask for Gary Lou. All right. So today's trivia question, I'm going to give you a hint. In the interview, you'll hear Bob talk about they drove across all kinds of beautiful country during Rally North America, and they've seen incredible roads. Uh, the one he makes reference to is a road that um, what's the answer will be the route number, and it's the route he uh, he feels was referenced in the movie Forrest Gump, whenever Forrest just stops and decides he's done with running. So, as a hint, if uh, Bob's answer, it actually is a highway that bisects the state of Utah. Okay, without further ado, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, Cubers. This is Darren, and I am spending a Sunday afternoon with my new good friend, Bob Blanton, in York, Pennsylvania, only about 35, 40 minutes south of, south, southeast of Carlisle. And Bob, thanks for taking time and showing me not only the SRT, but your amazing garage. Well, thanks. I, I don't, it's, it's it's functional now. The older I get, the more the more function it becomes. That's okay. Luxury, you know. Well, the fact that you have this lift, you said just you had you had the car in the air probably just a few minutes before I pulled up into yep. the driveway. You were doing some serious detailing and. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, my knees don't work like they used to, so mm-hmm. 
The car lift? Yeah, for detailing, you betcha. Mm-hmm. In a minute. If it's here, I'm going to use it. And you put a couple hundred miles on, on the SRT yesterday. Oh, yeah. Anytime I get a chance, I look for excuses to get the car out of yeah. the garage. Yeah, it's meant to be driven and enjoyed. Yeah, well, anytime I get to open the door, fire it up, you know, <laughs> oh, you bet, you bet. Well, we'll get, uh, we'll get some of that audio here in this, this podcast. So, Bob, I know when you took me for a ride in the SRT and, oh, that was, I, I, am, I feel like I'm a seven-year-old kid right now. It was <laughs> so much fun. But while we were sitting at, uh, at a four-way, you mentioned about MAV-TV. Why don't you mm-hmm. give a little bit more on that? Yeah, Rally in North America, we, we actually expanded our exposure last year. Um, we contracted with Sopwith Motorsports, the same folks that record and broadcast Mecham Auto Auctions. Gotcha. Same group. Mm-hmm. Um, they hooked up with us. We, they sent a camera crew along, and each day a few different teams get featured. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that Phyllis and I, Team Chillin', we got featured on day one. So you'll see some footage from inside our car. Okay. You'll see footage of her and I and um, some of the other teams from day one. And then in each, and then in each episode, there's a total of six episodes, so it's all on MAV-TV. Okay. Um, They've already gone through the first run airing, but from my understanding, they just they do a lot of repeat airings. Okay. So it's not going to be a problem. Um, that way, you can see what we talked about, oh, and you'll see some great. of the cool stuff that we did last summer, like some of the Route 50 stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Route 50 is just too cool. But. I am definitely going to have to check. That well, out. Forrest Gump, mm-hmm. where he stopped running on the highway. Is that what that? Okay. That's Route 50. We drove that stretch. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So, it looks like something out of like Close Encounters. It just... That's Route 50. Route 50, it's, it's the loneliest road in America. I can see that. We were the most traffic that road seen in years. Wow. Well, you have 85 cars at, at a pop. Man. Yeah. Well, it, you know, we're not all running together because they space us out a little. Mm-hmm. And of course, everybody does their own thing for the scavenger hunt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's go ahead and, and, Bob, tell us a little bit about how long you've been a Mopar fan and, and your, what kind of got you to this point. I'm going to go back a long time. That's all right. Keep, keep <laughs> rewinding. <laughs> I think it was like summer of 81. A really good friend of mine, a guy I had just met that year for my first job as a welder. I used to work at a company called BMY York where we built M109s and M110s, mobile artillery for the yeah. Army. Yeah. And it was my, my first job as a welder. Well, there was, I met a guy down there named Eric Snyder. And he had a 66 Plymouth Satellite 383 four-speed car. That's a great car. And there was just something, even though those cars were boxy, there was something about the lines on that car. Mm-hmm. And he was on his way down to our place one night, and he called for help. And we went there, he had to hood up, and every time he would try to start it, all these lightning bolts shot all over the place oh. underneath the hood. So there was something obviously up with his ignition system. Yeah, I, was, yeah, yeah. I was such a novice in cars those days, I don't even have a clue what that, would have, what that was then at the time. But seeing that car... That's what sparked my interest in the old satellites. Mm-hmm. So let's fast forward to, oh gosh, 2008. <laughs> after, after my first divorce, I was like, I had a big house by myself. I had a big ass two car garage. It was actually more square footage than this one. Okay. And, but not quite as nice. But anyway, I had the room. I wanted a 66 satellite. So I found one, a basket case out in Tennessee. So me and a buddy of mine, Borrowed my buddy's diesel truck. We go out with a trailer, load this thing up, bring it home, and it's pretty rough. I mean, this thing was going to need probably north of twenty thousand in body work mm-hmm. to bring it back to life. Mm-hmm. So I go out to Carlisle and I'm walking the B body row, and I spotted this black '67 that was just dead straight, one of the prettiest black cars I'd ever seen in my life. But this car was dead straight. It was 
clean. And you can't hide with black. No, you can't. Mm -hmm. So I asked the guy, I said, man, who did your body work? I said, man, that seems awesome. He said, I did. I said, man, I'll tell you what, anybody can do a black car, make it look that good. I wanted to do mine. So him and I got to chatting it up about the 66 that I had. Now, it was going to be a big black car. It didn't have the original drivetrain, but it did have a 440 to go with it. And I was going to put the manual tranny behind it. So I started putting my plan together, and I called this guy up and said, you know, I said, man, I've been looking at this, and for the money it's going to take me to do the bodywork on this car, I can buy a car already done. He said, well, why don't you buy mine? I couldn't put the money together fast enough. <laughs> I bought that car. Sweet. Yeah. That thing was just gorgeous. Well, then I took that black car, and the engine bay on that thing, and that thing had already placed a Carlisle in its class for stock. But the engine bay was just too stock for me. So I went crazy with polished aluminum in the engine bay. So polished aluminum and black is a good combination. Yes, it is. It was a great looking car. I actually, there's a picture of it up there where that giving me my trophy. Oh, uh, nice. But that's nice. the car there. But um, yeah, gorgeous car. And then things in life happened. I sold the car. Mm-hmm. I had seller's regret. As soon as I watched that thing run up the road on the trailer, I knew I made a mistake. I have managed, however, to stay in contact with the new owner, and he has assured me that if he ever sells it, it's mine. And I've got money set aside. If that call ever comes, Mm -hmm. that car will be parked over here in this other bay. Nice. And I'll put a four-poster in just so I can put mine up top and let her park underneath. I'll do whatever I have to. That car's coming home. (laughs) But it was because of that and the regret. I'm like, you know what? So through all of that with preparing to restore the 66 that I had bought, I learned that one of our mechanics, one of our refrigeration mechanics up in Connecticut was a huge Mopar guy. Mm-hmm. I was up there on a job and we got the bullshit. And it was, it's kind of funny how those relationships just happen in your yeah. life, you know? Yeah. Man, by the time I left from that trip, that guy gave me cylinder heads and this part and that part and all kinds of reference It's those material. organic friendships that usually are the ones that stick around. Oh my gosh, yeah. And we're still friends to this day. So, yeah, um, yeah he shared all this information with me and... Over time, you know, with just staying in touch with him, when I told him that I was looking, I called him because I was looking for challengers. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, what do you think about these prices? And here comes the same statement again. Well, why don't you buy mine? Kind of <laughs> funny how I keep hearing that, right? Yeah. So this is 2013. And the car is 2009. At the time, only had 4,000 miles on it. So that pretty woman theory we talked about earlier? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was happening again. But to his defense... You know, he doesn't have to drive his own car to work. He drives a company van, right? Mm-hmm. So he doesn't have much opportunity to drive. And plus, he's got a, a, a V-code Cuda, a 446-pack car. Sure. Numbers matching. Sure. All right. So when I bought this from him, mm-hmm. he went out and bought another one he had his eyes on. It turns out that one was five digits behind the one he already had in the in the VIN. Wow. Those things went down the line the same yeah, they did. day. Yeah, they did. Pretty incredible story. Could have thrown a paper airplane from one to the next. You, I'll tell you what, the day I picked this SRT up from his driveway, you couldn't beat the smile off my face that day. You probably cramped in your face. Oh my God, it was awesome. I can see why. And I got to drive, my first time driving a car, I mean really driving a car as mine, I got to drive it home from Connecticut. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I know, poor me, right? Yeah, that's, so, nothing wrong with that story. No, not at all. But yeah, Craig was a good, Craig's a good guy. I shouldn't say was, he's a good guy. His whole family's good folks. I mean, I hook up with him mm-hmm. every time they come down to Carlisle mm-hmm. and all that, so yeah. And that's what makes... That makes the car community, honestly. We, yeah. we, we talked a little about that before we got into recording today. And it's the people behind the cars that we, oh, yeah. we appreciate. Yeah, the friendships. Oh, the, yeah. yeah. The camaraderie. The fact of the cylinders. I mean, just 
people want to give and help and, and lend a hand. And Well, and look at Ed Bocheski. All that he puts into those events at Carlisle. He's a phenomenal guy. The man's got this... Oh, you want to talk about garage envy? This might as well be an outhouse. Have you seen his new I garage? I have not, no. Oh, my God. You've got to get up there. Okay. Yeah, that place is incredible. But he's got all these cars, but because he put so much time into his family and the car community... He's not putting any time into mm-hmm. his own stuff. Mm-hmm. Although last summer he did put that 6.7 in his 67. Mm. I was a little envious of that because that was a pretty <laughs> cool project. <laughs> you know, it was funny because I shared earlier that he was always envious of the, how pretty my 67 was yeah. in terms of that black paint. But the fact that he put Hotchkiss suspension under his, mm-hmm. he put that 5.7 in it. It drives like modern art. Yeah, exactly. And it looks like it still came out of the 60s, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's cool about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's well done that way. Yeah, absolutely. That, that thing's a sleeper all day long. <laughs> all day long. That thing, that thing will surprise some rice burners for sure. Uh, well, I'm going to have to stay on Ed's ear to, until I get up to uh, Perry yeah. County and check that out. Yeah, you absolutely need to get up there. I will definitely yeah. do that. There's a couple guys in the club that have some nice collections. I mean, by no means am I I'm a, a collector guy, mm-hmm. but I'm a driver. So give me something. See, that was the thing with the 67. When I sold it, it was probably a good thing because I was driving that car a lot. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. But a black car like that in the summer and all the car shows, it was just... Sure. This was a whole lot more fun. Yeah. Well, and let's talk a little bit. I know we, we got into that when we talked about the rally, but you've seen nearly every single state. I've been to 44 of the lower 48. Okay. And how many of those would be in, in this car? Honestly, probably at least half of them. Okay. At yeah. least half of them. I, you know... Oh, gosh. I mean... It's, I've been to probably at least 24, give or take a couple states, in this car. Okay. And this summer, we'll knock out the Northeast. Right? Because yeah. we're going to go to Maine, so that's going to be New Hampshire, Vermont. I was going to say, you're going to clip all along the Well, in Vermont's the only state in the Northeast I haven't been to. Okay. So I need to get there this summer. And I like your rule. It's an overnight. It has to be an overnight you got to hang your hat. Yep. yep. Hey, that, that's exactly right. I want to contribute. Part of that is contributing to the local economy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's one of the things Tony's instilled with us for the rally. One of, the things, one of the reasons why he likes the back roads is you're going, at some point, you're going to contribute to the local economy. Sure. Whether it's intentional or not, you're going to do it. Buying a couple milkshakes, whatever Whatever it is. It is. That's right. Mm-hmm. And with the cars pull in and the locals see it, then it starts all these conversations. Mm-hmm. It's incredible how that rolls. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, I, I've heard stories, and it hasn't happened to me personally, but I've heard stories of folks getting pulled over by the cops just because the cops wanted to know what the hell they were up to. Wow. Right? That's neat. No ticket involved. Well, sure. Just they wanted to understand what's going on. Yeah. Now, there's also been stories of whole groups of being gang pulled over just uh-huh. because of you know, stupid guards and rallies and a reputation like sure. Gumball and all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, any other topics? I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm still racking my brain. I know there was something that I had, and I, it escaped me. Um, hmm. I don't know if... Oh, did you want to talk... Well, I can insert this in, but mm-hmm. about you and your wife with Team Chillin. Um, okay. Or Little Bailey. I mean, you name yeah. it. Whatever, whatever you think we okay, can... Okay, well, I can talk about how Team Chillin came to be about. Let's okay. do that. All right, so Team Chillin, it was funny. The very first rally... You know, one of the things I learned was there's a lot of teams run themes. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's this, these two crazy guys out of, I think they're out of New Jersey or something like that. And they're called Team Cream. But these guys won as ice cream men. They did Jurassic Park one year. <laughs> I mean, they did. Um, they're fun lovers. Reno 911. They yes. did that one year. The guy with the shorts that yep. are way too tight and yep. all that stuff. Yep. Oh, God. It was, they've done some funny shit over the years. 
fundraise. Those uh -huh. guys are hilarious. There's some other teams that do some really good fundraising stuff. You know, we had the, the Griswold family truckster one year. Nice. Right? They had the dog leash tied to the bumper. They had grandma <laughs> tied to the roof. I'm telling you, it was pretty funny. Don and his wife, Sue. Out Clever. Of, yeah, they're out of like the writing area or something like that. <laughs> and, and it's funny because, you know, the rallies made up people from across the country. Uh -huh. But there's a concentration of us here in Pennsylvania mm -hmm. in this whole part of the country. You know, there's a guy... Uh, Hank, who lives down in West Virginia, not that far from us. Tony, myself, Glenn Beck, he's, he's a local guy. Um, Teresa, um, who has a Mustang. Glenn has one. Tony has one. They are all Mustang folks, as is Don Humanic. Mm -hmm. Like I said, there's a mm -hmm. proliferation of Mustangs. Mm -hmm. I think they like, did like rabbits or something. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but they're always at Carlisle. Now, Carlisle used to have, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? The group of cars. Yeah, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? Brain fart. Um, I'm trying to think what the, I'm trying yeah, to help you out. They had a class for Rally North America. Okay. okay. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. So, I'm not sure if they're still running that this year, but for the Mopar show, I went to stick it up one year because it, the only time I've been able to go since I started rallying was 2015 when mm. we did uh, the Smoky Mountain Rally. Okay. And it was because the rally happened to start Sunday after Carlisle was over. So I was able to do Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Gotcha. So I took the car and stick it up, right? It was cool. It got looks, you know. Yeah, sure. I, I pulled a third place for I think it was just the sticker. I didn't even pop the hood. I think mm -hmm. it was just, this, I wanted the stickers and the charity mm -hmm. and all that to mm -hmm. keep talking. So, mm -hmm. But for that first year, so to, to circle back around to how we came up with Team Chilling, it was like, all right. And I started it with a buddy of mine at work, a guy named Brian Giles. Who's, he's also an engineer. Really sharp guy. I mean, that mm -hmm. guy really knows his shit. But he's one of these tinker kind of engineers. Mm -hmm. I mean, you give this guy a motor and a, an old Odyssey frame, and he's going <laughs> to put it together and make something as badass and fun to drive. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. He's just one of those kind of guys. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, him and I came up with it, and, like, and we were racking our brains. And it's like, Brian, what do you think about Team Chillin'? You know, and, and it clicked for both of us. It's sure. Like, and it was chilling, so it's no G with an apostrophe. Yeah. All right. And I'm standing yeah, on the, the mat. And he forgot the apostrophe on my rug here. Uh -huh. That's okay. Um, so that's what we came up with. So then it was a time for a car number. Well, that was easy. You know, the primary refrigerant for us and what we work with is R134A. So the, our car number ended up being 134A. Nice. Yeah. So nice. that's how we came up with it. That's how Team Chillin'. Great meeting. Yeah. I mean, great meaning behind all that. I love yeah. when things kind of play on words and there's meaning behind it and there's, it's, I mean, you, yeah. you put some clever thought into it. And, and especially since the majority of our fundraisers are refrigeration mechanics That's from right. all over the U.S. That's right. I mean, Hawaii, the mm. contiguous U.S. I mean, we had donors last year from three continents. Well, I had one from Dubai, okay. U.K., and Australia. Oh, four continents and North America. So we had four continents last year. How That's, cool is that? It's right? great representation. Yeah. And they're all refrigeration guys. So the whole relationship with Team Chillin and yeah. I mean, even my professional signature at work underneath my name, before I even put my job title, AKA Team Chillin. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I mean, this is why you're well over, you're, you've passed the 100 sponsor mark. I mean, I mean, as far as the, the contributors, and you do a great job of being organized. And I like how you talked earlier about it's inclusive. You want them to know what's coming up oh, in three absolutely. months, two months. Hey, I'm two yeah. weeks out, and here's what to expect. And, I mean, people feel like when their name's on the trunk lid and you're doing this decals and the stickers, Bob, I mean, you're, you're taking those people with you. Well, I did something a couple years ago, and fortunately, all right, so this guy didn't want this, so he gave it back. And the last time we did Hope for the Warriors, I peeled everybody's decal off the car. Had these postcards made up. I worked with the charity. We designed wow. these postcards, had them made up so I could send everybody's decal back to them. That's fine. I mailed all the decals back to every donor. 
that's really above and beyond. And the fact that you, you know, took the time to do that and it says how they were part of the, the overall. Yeah. And by the way, that decal did the rally. Mm-hmm. It was out there in the weather because mm-hmm. the year that this one, Hope for the Warriors, let me see, that was 2017. So no, this one did the Southeast. This is one that went to VIR. Okay. And, um, Roebling Road. Cool road course, by the way. Okay. That was the finish line for 2017 was Roebling. I'm not familiar with that one. That's in Savannah. Okay. Now, it's a flat road course. And for a novice driver like me, because I'm a novice. Sure. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. But I'm not afraid to push it either. Right. right. And I can still watch that video to this day. And that track was fun. But that's why the supercharger, because what I found out on all these road courses, I don't have enough power to get out of the corners. Okay. Straightaways, the Mustangs are quicker. Right? Mm-hmm. And in the corners, I can catch them, especially now that I did the sway bars. I learned that last summer yeah. at VIR. And you can hook up your torque. I mean, you're, well, you're putting it down. But I wasn't getting out of the corners. Mm-hmm. Right? I just didn't have enough power. I mean, I was only pushing, what, 460 at the crank. Okay. Right? You know, and in a car, 40, it weighs 4,200 pounds. It just ain't enough. Yeah. And that was why I made it, because I talked to my wife this past fall. Because it was either Hellcat or put a supercharger in this. Mm-hmm. And just because I have the history with the tracks in this car, yes. it was a no-brainer to keep this car for me. Wow. So, I love the fact that you have such history with her. She's and, beautiful. And, and it's cheaper than buying a Hellcat. Although, i got to say, those Hellcats, I mean, when you look at them, a 2015 Hellcat, right now you can pick up a 2015 with under 15,000 miles for about 47000 For what you're getting. Yeah, absolutely. That's a lot of go-go. Hopefully, it wasn't really beat to hell. But, right. Right. you know... The other side of that coin is we talked about this with some friends of mine. Um, if you were at Carlisle when the Hellcat first came out and they were doing those ride-alongs, mm-hmm. they beat the snot out of those cars. They did. For days on end. Down on that autocross course, and it held up. Yeah, and there's no no regular driver like you or I that's going to beat those things the way those guys Mm-mm. did. I thought I read somewhere, too, that they had done so many success, um, successive passes, quarter-mile passes. I'm talking... Dozens and dozens right. and dozens and dozens, and it, it never failed. It never, it never I, fell off. I, of my, I don't know where, if it's, where it's in my subconscious, but I remember hearing it or reading it or something. But, and the same goes for me. I've heard yeah. that exact same statement as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it just, I mean, it stayed consistent. It stayed, uh, I mean, and that's it didn't break down. Engineering, they deserve a hats off for that design. Yeah. Right? Yeah, for now, sure. hopefully I don't find over time that this has the other Dodge problem, which is body panel rust. Fortunately, when it's raining... This thing doesn't go out. Well, that's... Uh, and obviously, it stays parked all winter, too. And I'm sure a couple rally days, you may not be able to avoid that. Oh, my gosh. I have been caught in some horrendous downpours. Mm-hmm. And that's where the tire selection actually goes a long way, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not that I'm promoting any specific brand, but these BFG G-Force, the Sport Comp 2s, mm-hmm. they do a good job of pumping heavy rain. That's what you need. You want to have some fun on the track, but also be able to keep it straight down the highway. Well, yeah. The back you know, and, and when you're running 255s in the front, man, you don't want the front end walking around on you either. <laughs> no. Right? So. No. No, you get, the, you get a couple yeah. tons moving one way, that momentum will take it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because as soon as that thing starts to skate, man, any car starts to skate. Yeah. I don't care if it's a pickup truck, a car, or what. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. You better know what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, any final comments, Bob? Anything that you want to share? Uh, cars of Carlisle. Uh, as we talked a little bit before at the at the Mopar Madness Club, have listeners all over our, our great country and across the world. This, to me, your car represents what American muscle is when people think of just all-out raw horsepower and, of course, the sound, the mm-hmm. visceral uh, attitude behind it. Anything that you want to share with the, with the greater listenership? 
Yeah, the dyno numbers, man. I was blown away with this Talk thing. to me, talk to me. Well, when I bought the... I put a Pro Charger on it. Okay. And I debated this, you know, because, man, I could have gone Hellcat. I had permission to yep. go Hellcat. Yeah. And I elected to go Pro Charger because it was centrifugal. Okay, so it's centrifugal, plus it's, it works just like a turbo. It's got the blow-off, yep. right? Yeah. Which means it's going to be streetable, in-town, low RPM, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You can live with it. Exactly. And then when when that blow off closes and you start pulling this thing up over three grand and then you really feel this thing start to pull, it's a whole lot of fun to drive. So a friend of mine takes me to HHP in Smyrna, Delaware, where this pro charger was installed. And the very first pull, this thing pulled 580 horsepower at the wheels with like 515 pound-feet of torque, something like that, all right? I wasn't paying too much attention to the pound-feet. When I saw 580, I was blown away. At the wheel, no less. At the wheel, and I was especially blown away because when I initially ordered the Pro Charger, I thought I was only getting six pounds of boost. Yeah. They actually set me up with nine. He said, look, this motor's gonna take it all day long. So the bottom end can Well, this is what I'm hoping for. From the research that I've done, tells me that the six ones and i hope i'm not wrong if anybody listening to this knows anything else please reach out to me but the six ones have a good reputation in terms of what you can do to supercharge them and and boost them you just have to be careful about how far you go because then your rods and your pistons something about the ring land to the top ring groove and all that stuff but at the end of the day he said at nine pounds you're going to be able to do this he said just don't stay up in max boost all the time and you're going to be just fine Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. but my final numbers were 583.94 Oh my heavens. At torque of 522.79. That's a truckload. Now granted, that's uncorrected at, for you detail-oriented guys. That's at 57.23F at 9% humidity. Okay. That's like almost perfect horsepower weather. That is, that it. really is. Because I remember how chilly it was standing there and they had the fan blowing on the engine. But you know, in terms of making good horsepower numbers. Yeah, nice, oh, yeah. cold, dense air. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is. Because that puts my crank horsepower, I'm figuring loosely 660, 670. I was going to say, yeah, it was. Yeah. Something like that, which when you think about it, that's only 40, 50 horsepower under a Hellcat. <laughs> it's not that far below. And she's yours. Like, and you know her, you've yep. known her for so long. So yep, and, and I, I know the nuances of how she handles, and mm-hmm. now what I've got to learn is how she handles with all the extra power in the SN. Because now, with all the work I've done to the rear suspension and all that to make yeah. it stiffer, yeah. you know, how well is the car going to hook up right. once I can drive it on warm roads and tracks? True. So, True. I'm not going to learn that until the summer. Well, I would love maybe to have a part two after you come back from the rally. Certainly. That would be... Well, that that's not actually going to be till September, but okay. certainly. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. Then let's, let's do that. I'll put that on the roster because I think people would love hear about this latest adventure and sure. what you've seen what you've done what you've driven i'd be happy to chat with you anytime you want you know you know a lot of my driving takes me around just because of the charity you know the charity is a big part of that mm-hmm. it was funny because you know we were talking about the fundraising earlier my first couple of years and, and this doesn't come out of arrogance just out of being so proud and i've been fortunate because of what i do for a living i'll back up here just a little bit because of what i do for a living I do te- or used to do technical support for large electricity equipment, which meant I talked to people all over the world every day. Mm. And, and you have to know your stuff. Well, yeah, and, and yeah, that, that, that's, that's a whole other point. But what I did was I was able to leverage all those contacts. Mm-hmm. So I started an email campaign. And the first year I set my fundraising goal of 1500 bucks, thinking, yeah, I'd get 20 bucks here, 30 bucks there. Sure. I raised 7500 bucks my first year with 97 donors. Completely blew everybody away. I didn't see it coming. Nobody else saw it coming. The next year we did veterans, Hope for the Warriors. Uh-huh. 
Uh, the first year, I'll back up, the first year was uh, Associated Cure Project for MS, okay? That charity is basically a, a data source for researchers in the field of MS research. So okay. what they do is they all pay some sort of fee and there's lots of donations to support this group. And the agreement, if I, if I recall right, has to be that if they use any of the information, they have to continue to share their findings with the other teams good. to help expedite yes. the process. Yeah. Really good charity. So the next year then was Hope for the Warriors. Mm -hmm. We raised like 7,900 bucks or 7,700, something that year. 123 donors. So I finally crossed the 100 donor mark, right? So what I was doing was I was raising the bar not in terms of dollars. How many donors can we get, mm -hmm. right? I like that. Um, that year, that was 2015, I had my first overseas donor. I had one come in from Australia. That's awesome. Right? Um, well, then the next year was 2016, the Big Sky Rally. And that year, the charity was Camp Sunshine. Mm -hmm. And Red Car, I wanted a way. I had been looking for a way to recognize donors. The first year, I just couldn't come up with it. The second year, I got it. Stars, veterans, perfect. Mm -hmm. So I put each donor's name and a star on a trunk lid. Mm -hmm. And then... As I would put them on the trunk lid, I'd take a picture of the star, send it to the donor. Nice. And just kept including them in the Smart. updates, make them feel like they're part of it. Hey, you're going along for the ride. I think it had an impact because they keep coming back, right? Well, then next year for the kids, Camp Sunshine, okay, I'm going to do yellow circles with their names. And I made a sunrise pattern on the trunk lid. It was pretty cool. It worked out. We ended up with 143 Now, wouldn't you use like vinyl decals or something? Yeah, just um, decals like this. Um, actually, another example. Last year was cops okay and, and they just pull right off and, and yeah they, 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 they sort of peel right off you have to be careful but okay yeah they come off they, I love that idea it's a great idea did you was, design it I worked with one of our sponsors last year's a guy that has a print shop down in Virginia or South Carolina or something like that okay one of the southern states and he came up with a design I'm like perfect yeah so the black ones were for officers that we lost last year the blue ones were for officers that were still serving okay the ones without stripes were for just the donors recognizing them so great idea yeah so we did so we did Camp Sunshine in 2016 2017 we went back to Hope for the Warriors mm -hmm. so that was stars again that was the first year I hit 150 donors awesome. I had three stripes of 50 <clears throat> stars because I do them with stripes of 50 stars on the trunklet okay. right so it fit I had three stripes of 50 you stars you have a whole system of this which is impressive and then you probably have accounting mechanisms and the whole nine yards <laughs> well I, actually it's funny you mention that because I'm a little OCD that's okay. So I have, and I do it every year, and I have all the sheets for every year. I write down each donor's name and how much they contributed every year. Mm -hmm. I can tell you today, raised over $60,000 since 2014 with something north of 720 donors. Right? That's pretty cool, man. That's yeah. really cool. And the fact that all these people keep coming back. And here's the cool story about this year, right? This year, we're back to Camp Sunshine, and... People know that Phyllis and I decided to take a year off from competing in a rally. Now, there's mm -hmm. another event they hold. Um, they call Rally Drives, and I'll get into that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. But since we're not competing, what I've done is I've communicated that to everybody. Hey, look, we're not going to compete, but there's a friend of ours, Glenn Beck, who last year couldn't compete because he was fighting his own battle with bladder cancer. Oh, geez. So the rally as a group, we got together. They had a banner made up, and I took charge of it and put it on my the hood of my car every every day before the rally started so all the teams would sign it we made a big deal out of presenting it to them when we got home i mean it was, it was pretty cool to be part of that that's a right? beautiful thing man and glenn and i have forged a pretty cool friendship because he's building a factory five car he's building mm. a daytona 
Oh, they're great. Oh, yeah. And, he, you know, he's putting Coyote motor in it with a mm. manual trans and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But he had to do a lot of chassis mods along the way. And with all my welding background. See, I was a welder for 15 Boy, years. Well, you talked about the TIG welds and everything. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, see, I was a welder for 15 years before I started the, AC, the, the HVAC side. Yeah. Side. So I put that to use. I mean, we've modified the roll cage, the, the cross member, so he can do undercard exhaust. Mm. Modified the rear of it to give him better structural support if he gets mm -hmm. rear-ended. Mm -hmm. Just all kinds of little cool mm -hmm. projects. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, this year I want to help Glenn. So nice. Because he has a, a, a really close personal attachment with a little girl named Bailey. He calls his car Bailey's team, and she has DBA as well. Okay. And in 2013... Her family were all up at the camp that same week, and he mm -hmm. didn't know that was going to happen. So it was all kind of cool how that went down. Mm -hmm. So this year, my goal is, since I'm usually on the front row and not competing, mm -hmm. I want to get Glenn on the front row. Nice. So that's what I'm after this nice. year. Nice. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool because right now we got him a number one fundraising. So, yeah. Good for you. Well, it, it's for Glenn and for the kids because he puts so much into it, you know? Yeah. A few years ago, him and I... And you want to give back. It's, how, how do you not? Well, yeah, I mean, and when it comes to the kids, you just can't say no, right? right? I mean, I remember talking to an HR lady at work. She's one of our donors. And the first year, 2016, the first year that I raised for this charity, um, I got a bit teary-eyed, and the HR lady actually came up to me and gave me a hug. You know what I mean? That that's, doesn't, that's stuff that doesn't happen. America. Yeah, not corporate America. Not right? in this day and age. So I thought that was pretty cool. You know what I mean? That's telling. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. so. you're moving people's emotions for... <laughs> Something very wrong. It's funny you mention that because one of the letters I sent out, I do, my fundraising campaign is pretty simple. I start out with about 600 people. Mm -hmm. And January, February, March, and April, the interval is four weeks. Okay. Then April to like mid-May is three weeks. Mid-May to mid-June is two weeks. And then June to July is every week. Mm -hmm. So that's how I amp it up because there's a lot of procrastinators out there. That's right. right. And people don't mind. They wait as, for tax returns and everything else. And once they donate, they come off the fundraising list and go on to an update list. So I changed the format a little so both groups still get emails from me. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. and it, but it keeps everybody in the loop. It keeps them all connected. And, and the whole thing about all of this is, I mean, it's just making them feel like they're part of it. So this year with Glenn and the story of Bailey, I sent out a, a story that Glenn wrote about Bailey. Right? It gives her background and everything. <laughs> and one of the guys, a guy named Corn Taylor out of South Carolina, really good dude. I've actually got a picture of this guy now. He's a big burly something, and I'm going to mm -hmm. say it just like this, a big burly southern song bitch, right? Mm -hmm. 300 plus pounds, just a big boy. Mm -hmm. And he hunts alligators for fun, him and his family. Jeez. I got pictures of this guy with a 12-foot alligator hanging from a bucket of his loader, okay? <laughs> he sent me back, sure, make a guy cry, do I, don't you? You know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's yeah. really cool when you get those kind of yeah. responses to what you do. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you know you're doing good work, Bob. I mean, that's yeah. Well, it, let's talk a little bit about the charity itself. Okay. I mean, I think it's so important for this year for Camp Sunshine. Yeah, and let's talk a little bit about what Camp Sunshine is, how long you've been part of it, some of the okay. the benefits, and what it does for the kids, because that is about the children. All right. So Camp Sunshine is a camp for terminally ill children based in Casco, Maine. It was founded, and we may want to validate some of this information from their website, which is CampSunshine.org. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, and they found this property and decided that this was the place to do it. And it's in Casco, Maine, and I'm trying to remember, Lake Sebago, S-E-B-A-G-O. Okay. All right. And, I mean, it gives the kids a place to play. And what it does is, I mean, and I actually think they do year-round activities up here. Mm -hmm. But they specialize in the rarer diseases for kids and their families to, to give these folks 
just a chance to get away from all the day-to-day challenges that they have facing the battles of the disease and, you know, just the, the difficulties that the kids have. I couldn't even imagine, you know, as, as a grandfather now, watch one of my, watching one of my grandchildren go through that. You know? Mm-hmm. So, that's the only motivation I need. Yeah. That's it. It's that simple. Well, you're aware of the kids. You know, there's so many of us that do it. It's not me alone. I mean, there's 80, 85 of us that do this, you know. And the roster changes every year. It's like a rolling roster. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of repeats. There's a lot of veterans. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been in it, involved with these guys every year since I discovered them. But they always pick really good cherries. And, of course, I'll try to stay focused on Camp Sunshine here. Of course, yeah. But, I mean, the, the charity, I can't say enough about them and what they do and what they're all about. And what's really cool is... 85% 85% of the money that they raise goes directly to these families. This, this camp, I'm, I'm telling you, these guys are incredible what they do. This Camp Sunshine. Um, Where is it based? You, Casco, Maine. Okay, you did. I think you told me. Yeah, they're up in Casco, Maine. Okay. Um, and in fact, there was a release, and I'll share the release with you, of all the schedule for all the diseases that they're supporting this summer. And what they do is they typically don't support... I hate putting it this way, but like a common disease. Yeah. It's more of the rare disease where, for example, in 2016, we, was the last time we did Camp Sunshine, there was a little girl, and I'm sorry, I'm horrible with names, I can't remember her name, but she had a disease called black diamond fan anemia, or diamond black fan anemia, I'm sorry, okay. DBA. And she had never met another kid with the same disease until she went to camp. So she didn't know anybody else that was dealing with the same stuff that she had. It feels like she's one in Absolutely. five billion. Yeah. And, and the same was true for her parents. So they go to That's camp. That's true. And now the parents can network with other parents to learn tips, tricks, whatever. Yeah. And just have somebody to, to bounce the stuff off. That's right. You know? That's right. And then, you know, of course, the, the kids, they get a chance to do that as well. But more so, just be a kid for a week at summer camp. That's right. Right? That's right. You know what I mean? It's really cool. And I miss this because the time for it, this is our third year doing Camp Sunshine because we rotate charities over here. Mm-hmm. And the first year they did it, and I've heard the stories, I wasn't there, it was 2013. And the families and the kids made up signs for each team. Oh. They said there wasn't dry eye in place. How could there be? Yeah, see, that's the other part of and what a, we do. A given year, what might a donation or, a, you know, a pledge and what might be given for the well, entire... Well, as a group, we have raised historically, and the number's been inching up slightly. So, okay. for example, in 2014, I think, I want to say we raised like 103, 104, something like that. Mm-hmm. And That can now, do a lot of good. Well, let's check this out. I mean, Rally North America was founded in 2009, and... Same year as the SRT. Yeah, how about that? I didn't, I didn't even realize, I didn't put that together before you just said that, but... They only raised like eight or nine thousand dollars the first year, but there was only a handful of teams. It was just a very small number of people. Well, mm-hmm. word started getting out, it started mm-hmm. catching on. Last year, two thousand eight, the tenth rally, we topped a million dollars last year total raised for the life of the organization. Wow. So we raised something close to I want to say one hundred forty thousand dollars last year. And you know, of course, Price gets a lot of credit there. I mean, I keep bringing this guy up. He's my fundraising competition or nemesis, however you want to put it, but. What, what our group does as a whole in terms of money we raise every year, you know, I mean, this year we've targeted 125000 as our goal for Camp Sunshine. Wow. So that's, that's what we're trying to raise. That's fantastic. And I, I'm, I'm just pleased as punch to be part of it. Yeah. You know, to help these kids out and their families. You know, and our, chal- our charities rotate every year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've done uh, Accelerate Cure Project for MS. We've done Hope for the Warriors. We've done Camp Sunshine, of course. We've done COPS. 
And so far, those are the only four charities I've been associated with. Now, a key part of the charities that we support is that when they're looking for a charity to support, we use a, uh, uh, an online website called Charity Navigator to vet our as one of the tools to vet our charities. And we have a criteria that they have to spend at least 85% of their funds on the intended beneficiaries. Yeah, less admin. Correct. Cops, for example, I want to say they're like somewhere up around 95. That's great to hear. Oh, yeah. So we, we won't put our efforts into a charity that isn't stepping it up. It's not to say that these other charities aren't good charities, mm-hmm. but we're trying to stay away from all the overhead costs. We want to really do, we want to see the money do good things. That's right. More good things. That's right. Right? Yeah. So that's Great. kind of what we're about with that. I love it. I love it. In fact, there need to be a lot more people like this. Um, we become more and more selfish as a society and... Uh, well, I'm guilty of that myself. There are well, certain things I am. We all... We all hey, this is where I try to turn it around. We're not perfect. I and mean, we've, we've all had our messes and mistakes. But, um, yeah, the fact that we recognize it and we try and do something about it. Yeah. And those kids, it matters to them. Well, and last year we, did the, family, we did the Families of Cops last year for cops that get killed in the line of duty. Yeah. We had a guy show up. Now, I shared... That I'm used to being one of the top dog fundraisers. You know, and I kind of got used to that position. You know, right? some right? I work hard for it, mm-hmm. you know. And this guy named Price Hoy shows up out of Colorado. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out he had a direct family connection where I think it was a brother-in-law, if I got it right, was killed in the line of duty. Oh, jeez. So, much like I am, where I leveraged all my contacts, mm-hmm. he did the same because he has a towing business. Mm-hmm. He knew a lot of state troopers already. Mm-hmm. So, he leveraged all of that. I got schooled. I raised twelve thousand dollars last year, which I thought was cr- tremendous. He raised twenty three, <laughs> twenty three thousand dollars plus. Yeah, he about doubled down. Was an animal. He yeah, was, uh, he was. It was crazy. Yeah, and our rally has awards that they give out, mm-hmm. and each day of competition, our rallies generally range from three to five days, mm-hmm. and depends on the distance we got to cover, how many states, that kind of thing, and every day of competition. There's three, three, three positions that are awarded trophies, first, second, third. That's okay. it. And per leg, per, per, per day. Per leg, that's mm-hmm. correct. Mm-hmm. And if you place one day, you're done. You can't place again. Uh, so it's not like you can try to, to, to call it, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and, and that's cool because it gives all the teams chances. You know, when you've sure. got 80 teams, you know, you're running a five-day rally. There's 15 teams that can actually place. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. That right? is very cool. Um, they also have some other awards. They have, like, long-distance Hard luck, car breaks down, get a wreck, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, they have best dressed car, and they have the spirit of the rally. Now, the spirit of the rally—that's the award that everybody wants. I want for my first year when I found out about this award because I didn't know anything about it, and I was like, "That's the one I want." That's—I was after that one. I wanted that award. And did you get it the first year? Oh hell no. Okay. Price did. Okay. But deservedly so. I mean, yeah. You know, the, the, the guy worked his butt off, and he, and he did really good things. First year, I didn't get anything. The fall rally, we used to have two a year. Summer rally was the main rally, and mm-hmm. then we have a smaller fall rally that generally went from West Virginia and Ohio or up to Michigan, that part of the country. Mm-hmm. Generally stayed in the same region. 2014, I got hard luck because of getting sideswiped. Yeah. All right? Oh, I was sick because this ain't my baby. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was sick about that. So 2015, you got nothing. 2016, we ran Big Sky. That's when they started changing the format of rally because the way it was set up, uh, each day was timed. So mm-hmm. you left the starting line, they were done with time you left and how much time it took you to get to the finish line. 
Now, if you got caught speeding, got pulled over, reckless driving, whatever, you were disqualified and you would give up anything that you had placed with mm-hmm. or any eligibility for any awards. You could still participate in a rally, but you gave up eligibility sure. at that point. Sure. But then they also introduced scavenger hunt style where you're doing it for points, which made it more competitive. Mm-hmm. So I think it was either day one or day two. There was this team in 2016. <laughs> These guys were crazy. <laughs> team Jack. There was like six of them, six or eight of them that hook up. Okay. They've got an RV. They sticker the RV up with larger-than-life decals because every year we get a decal package based on that, the theme of that year's rally right. and everything and the sponsors. They decaled up this RV. <laughs> they called themselves Team Jack, okay, So because we're going to be in the Pacific Northwest, lumber, lumber like country, it. right? Yeah. They all had the same blue jeans, same red and black plaid shirts, same laser-etched axes, same boots, <laughs> knit caps, the whole nine yards. These guys look like lumberjacks. I'm telling you, it was freaking hilarious. They're in an RV. They placed the first or second day, right? Because of the whole approach of changing it from a timed competition to a scavenger hunt, yeah, right? Yeah. I, I think I think that was a wise choice by those guys because it made it more competitive for a lot more teams. Right. Because on the time days, it was always the same people with that would tend to push the limits a little. That's right. It's and you're made... But that's, that's human nature, too. It right? is. We're competitive. I, I know my wife and I are. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, yes. Mm-hmm. So there were several days during 2016 that were scavenger hunt days. The last day happened to be a time day. We left out of Kennewick. That was the town of Samuel Washington, Kennewick, okay. Washington. So we leave Kennewick, and damned if we didn't make a wrong turn going out of town. We, we took a right on a highway where we should have taken a left, so mm-hmm. it forced us to go all the way up to the next ramp. We come back, get to where we're supposed to be. <laughs> and at that point, her and I got a little testy with each other, let's say. But we recovered and figured, you know what, if we're going to do this, we got to make it up now. Mm-hmm. So we're driving Route 7 in Washington along the north side of the Columbia River Gorge, just getting it. <laughs> I mean, getting it. I had one of my friends tell me later, man, that car is pretty fast. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. Um, but that was some of the most beautiful roads because later on that same day, it would put us on the Oregon side of the gorge on US 30, which, mm-hmm. of course, is here, too. That's right. right. Here in York, PA. Um, just incredible scenery. I mean, I've seen posters. In fact, I have a poster of one of our checkpoints for that day. I have it down in my basement. And I, who would have known I would have ever landed there? But it was all switchbacks getting up to it. You know? And Tony, Tony and Trey are, uh, are one organizer. He's notorious for when, he's, when he Google Earths the roads we drive, he's looking for twisties. That's mm-hmm. what we call them, twisties. That's perfect. Yeah, and along those lines, West Virginia is a best-kept secret. Oh, absolutely. For, for, for this part of the country... West Virginia, and with a state speed limit of 55, you can drive the speed limit and have a boatload of fun mm-hmm. if you like driving, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And, and I thank Tony for turning me on to that. And now that's some of the stuff that Phyllis and I, my wife, that's what we look for when we drive. That's... She takes Dramamine. We keep it in a glove box. Mm-hmm. And that way, if she has to look down and away from the windshield, well, she that makes up. sense. It's... Yeah, absolutely. And, oh, she's a trooper. And you say top-notch navigator. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. Big shout-out to her. Yeah, every 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 time we won in a rally because we've placed twice now, mm-hmm. second, that all goes to her. Mm-hmm. That all goes to her. Mm-hmm. We did so that gave us now hard luck, two second places. <laughs> in twenty, what year was it? Twenty seventeen, first day we got second. So that changed. That has never happened for us because the last time we didn't place, we placed on the last day. Mm, right? Okay. 
So the very next year we place on the first day. So it's kind of like two days in a row placing, right? When you think about it. That's right. If you want to twist the numbers, you know, yeah, it's kind of like statistical you, stuff. Twist can, the way you want it, right? Exactly. Spin it. But so we, we placed the first day. So that meant the rest of the rally, we could relax. So mm -hmm. that changes your complete approach. I'm sure. You're really taking in the scenery and everything else. And, and that year, we went from 2017, we started in Blacksburg, Virginia. Virginia, was it University of Virginia? Virginia Tech, one of those colleges mm -hmm. is in Blacksburg. Yeah. Christiansburg area, that whole area. And then we went to VIR. We stayed tonight at VIR, got to drive the track. No speed limit on the track. Oh, yeah. How was that? VIR is awesome. In fact, we get VIR again this summer because like I was talking about earlier, since we're not competing, Rally North America is what they call drives. Okay. It's just where you pay a fat fee, a flat fee, not a fat fee, a flat fee. <laughs> well, <laughs> Some people might call it a fat fee. But, <laughs> yeah. Right? The wallet it notices. It depends on your wallet, your checking <laughs> account. But at the end of the day, I mean, it's four days, three nights of, we start at VIR, we stay at the hotel on the track, right? We get to drive the track, no speed limit. Then we're driving all over from Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. We're going to finish the last day starting off at Smoky Side or Shady Side or something like that in North Carolina. It's, a, it's an eighth-mile uh, drag strip. Shady Side, I think, is the name of it. So we get eighth-mile passes, and then that night we're going to finish it off with some runs at um, Road Atlanta. Oh, my word. Oh, yeah. What a dream trip. Oh, my gosh. For drivers? This is mid-July, right? This is mid-July. Uh, no, this one's not until September. Okay. Drive? Yeah, is that one full? Yes, it is. Now, can you, get on, can you get on a list for that? Absolutely. That one's a flat fee. That's two grand, but that covers all your lodging, two meals a day, and all the track fees. Right? It's not so bad. It's respectable. Uh, when you add it up, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, because you can get to the driving line, to the starting line in like less than eight hours, like six hours you can get mm -hmm. to the starting line. Mm -hmm. And you can get home from the finish line in 12. I've driven Atlanta home in 12. Okay. All right. Because right. it takes you through Eastern Tennessee and all that. Now, that's all highway. Yeah, I mean, that's where you... Yeah. But during the course of the event, we're on Blue Ridge Parkway. It's just some of the other famous, you know, back of the dragon, tail of the dragon, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Now, Tail Dragon, I've driven both of those roads before. It's gotten very congested, I understand. Yeah, it's, it's, and it's got a low speed limit, it's patrolled heavily, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, and it's so commercialized. It's now an attraction. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Back of the Dragon, that's the only time I'm going to say it. I'm telling you, that road is a how. 32 miles of nothing but fun. When we drove it, there was nobody in front of us. Yeah. You know, and then with the mods I've got done to the car, I mean... Um, strut tower brace, sway bars front and rear. At the time, I'm not because I haven't, I hadn't supercharged it yet. So I had the sway bars. No, I didn't have the sway bars yet. So I was just doing the tower brace and the, the stock SRT suspension. And this thing, you know, it, it's a heavy car. It's not quick like Mustangs, mm -hmm. but it's still built to handle the road. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it, mm -hmm. it's it's not Grandma's grocery getter. Oh. No, not at all. But some of the lessons I learned along the way led me to the Hotchkiss sway bars and the BMR control arms and trailing arms and, you know, all the other stuff I've done and then add a supercharger to the mix. Oh, yeah. Well, even this, the factory color. You want to talk a little bit about your... Uh, it's your just, it, it's Tour Red, you mm -hmm. know. You, you see a few of the Tour Red Challengers around. Mm -hmm. um, I, I love the color. I was, I've never owned a red car before this mm -hmm. one. And it had the factory Alcoas where the silver aluminum. Mm -hmm. As soon as I got the car, I realized that, you know what? It may sound like cliche in car design, but it needed the black accents. Mm -hmm. So that's why the black wheels, and I found those, they're, they're knockoffs. 
of the factory wheels. Okay. The same spoke design and everything. They're just knockoffs from a company called Factory Reproductions. Um, and we'll include photos on Instagram, of course, of Carlisle, so you can get a look at, at Bob's wheels. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. I'll be there. I, in fact, this will be the first time that I'll be at Carlisle because it always conflicted with the rally. Mm. Always. Now, the Ford boys always got to go, all the Mustang guys, because the rally's polluted with Mustangs. I'm sure. Yeah. Although, the Challengers made a pretty respectable showing last year. In fact, there were two of us on the front row. Both of us were wrapped. I had a company-sponsored wrap on mine last year. And then Price, that I talked about mm -hmm. earlier, the, mm -hmm. the killer fundraiser, he had a Hellcat mm -hmm. wrapped on the front row. His <laughs> wrap was actually pretty nice, too. Full body? Full body wrap, yeah, okay. both of us. They actually did a color change on mine. Mine looked like a giant blue ice cube. Now, who, did your company, they pay to do that? They, they pay, Not only did they pay for the wrap, they paid our ad agency to design the wrap. I worked with the ad agency directly, my wife and I. They pitched three separate designs to us. And Oof. you know what? We'd like if you would combine these two to make one. They did it. And we're like, that's it. The hybrid, yeah. Oh, my God, it was awesome. That's really cool. It was awesome. And what was cool is we drove so far last year because we drove from here in York two days to get to Pueblo mm -hmm. because I can get to the Mississippi in 12 hours which not a bad run. It's really, mm -hmm. you're not driving crazy to do that. Mm -hmm. And then from the Mississippi to Pueblo the next day. So that's pretty good. Two days to get there, four days to rally. And the, and the wrap in a way, I guess has a, a secondary benefit that the chips. Exactly. And that's where I'm headed with this because yeah. we spent all this time in the desert. Yeah. So we drove Pikes Peak, which the car summited Pikes Peak. I got pictures of the car at the summit. Nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Cause not many cars Who can, can do say that. that? Yeah. That's right. Um, I know a guy that races that one of the guys in a rally guy named TJ Fry. I'll tell you what, now that I've driven that, that takes a pair to race that mountain. Uh, yeah, when you, you were just, you're basically drifting and you can just drop right off that. Oh my gosh. I mean, because when you're going up that mountain, I've got to share this. When you're going up that mountain, as the driver, you know, of course you're watching the road. You've got the mountain on the inside. You see sky ahead of you and you've got nothing on the outside. You're, you're having to just trust. Your points of reference are watching that black ribbon in front of you. Jeez. That's your point of reference and trusting your limits and of course, I wasn't willing to push limits. So, well, yeah, yeah. But I also wanted to have some fun, right? Wow. I, I'm telling you, the, the, the Pikes Peak, that was a cool run. We did that before the rally even started. That was something that her and I wanted to do on our own. Hmm. Yeah, great run. You have had some amazing it. memories in this, this car. Oh my gosh, yeah. This car has been on some of the best roads North America's got to offer. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we talked about it earlier uh, Road to the Sun, Glacier National Park, mm -hmm. Yellowstone, the same year, Big Sky, Montana. That was a beautiful run. Just the, just that little bit of a road taking us up to the lodge that they put us up in. Mm -hmm. I mean, the view from our hotel room was a snow-capped mountain. I mean, Like was, a painting. Yes. Or it better. Like, <laughs> it, it looked like you walked into a Bob Ross painting. Okay. Right? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, Everybody knows that, Bob. Yeah, exactly. That's why I pointed that out there. Uh -huh. but, um, I mean, some of the roads they put us on, the, the, the stuff in the Smoky Mountains, for example. Mm -hmm. There are so many cool roads in North America. All you have to do is get off the interstate. Yeah. You know, for example, this summer, you know, we're doing that drives in September. So we're doing a bucket list drive for her. She's a Navy brat. Okay. And I'm ex-Navy. I was a boiler tech. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, dead rate. There isn't any more of us left. They don't make them anymore. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so when we finish in Atlanta, we're going to drive to Savannah. I lived there as a kid in 69 for the Apollo Moon mission. I happen to remember all that, which was pretty cool. Nice. But anyway, we're going to drive from Savannah to Maine along the coast. We're going to stay off the interstates with... The only bucket list I have in an entire drive, everything else is up to her, I want to drive the Bay Bridge Tunnel. I've never driven it. Okay. I've done Hampton Roads Tunnel, but never Bay Bridge. The exhaust is going to sound amazing. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to downshift, open the windows and downshift. <laughs> Let it crackle. Oh, my God. We did that on the way to a rally. Oh, my gosh. What was it? Fall of 2014. A bunch of us hooked up. 
and we were going to Athens. Where were we going? Were we going to Athens for a starting line or Cincinnati or something? We are heading to Ohio. Well, the PA tunnels. We hooked up before the first PA tunnel, and a couple really nice Mustangs, and of course this, and uh, we hit the tunnel, and we, we, had, we, had, we had set it up that one of the cars would video the run, and we all opened our windows, downshifted our cars, and you should have heard us screaming through that tunnel. Thunderous. It was, oh, it's awesome. It was cool, man. <laughs> Only motorheads appreciate that. All the old folks and all the blue hairs, they were like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But only guys like us would appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Know? Just gets the hairs on the back of your neck to stand up. Oh, I love doing it. Even to this day, I love going through Jersey barriers. I'll downshift through Jersey mm-hmm. barriers just to do it. It'll bring a nice uh, cacophony going. Oh, yeah. You bet. You bet. Awesome. Bob, I can't thank you enough for opening up Absolutely. your garage and your sure. afternoon to me. We will definitely do at least a part two, maybe a part three. Absolutely. And sure for those, game. And again, for those that uh, check out uh, the Instagram, we'll, we'll have links and, and Bob can share uh, sure. We can talk more about the charities and, and the way he is giving yeah. back to those that uh, uh, are going through some tough times, the families thereof, and, and I really respect Bob for the fact that he is a giver, and he happens to use a beautiful, high-powered car as the tool, but along with other people, he's making a big dent and difference in this world, and that, that says a lot. Well, thanks. So and, thank you. And Google search Rally North America. You'll learn everything you want about what we do from that website. Okay. And we have a Facebook page, too, Rally North America. Awesome. Yep. Bob, you're the man. Awesome. Thank you, brother. Thank you again to Bob for opening up your house and your garage. I really enjoyed hanging out with you, and, and this is just what is so great about this car community and all of, all things with uh, Cars of Carlisle. It's the people, and I have met some incredible folks through this podcast. This is your podcast. I'm simply at the driver's seat helping steer it, but uh, keep sending us emails at carsofcarlow at outlook.com. Let us know your thoughts, feedback, the ratings, reviews. We've been getting a couple five-star ratings just in the past 24 hours. That that makes my heart jump. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate it. Okay, welcome back to Studio A. Well, the answer to that question is Bob indicated it was Route 50. Now, I know uh, doing some internet research, there's been various perspectives on that, but the answer for this uh, for all intents and purposes for this podcast, Route 50, according to Bob, is where Forrest stopped. And uh, he said that was such desolate road. And you heard him say there that nothing around when they were probably the most traffic that had been down that road in quite some time. And I'm probably guessing they went a little faster than the double nickel at that time. So anyhow, looking forward for you to come back next week. There is so much happening with Spring Car Allowed just around the corner. Spring Carlisle is coming up April 24th through the 28th, and I just happened to be there today. I stopped at Carlisle Events at the main offices. I was dropping off a, a banner that they're going to be putting up on the grounds for me, and looks like so much is happening. Things are shaping up. Post-winter, uh, it's looking like the fairgrounds should prior to uh, a major event. So Spring Carlisle is almost here. I am excited. I know you probably are as well. Next week, uh, you've heard us been talking about us turning one-year-old. We're going to do a feature on that and heading to Watkins Glen this weekend to do some laps in the BRZ. So that'll be all part of next week's episode. And then quickly followed by some interviews I've been conducting here just in the last several evenings, uh, one of which will be Bill Sangre. He is a restoration expert with the NCRS. Uh, He's affiliated with the AACA Museum in Hershey. Incredible guy, and his garage is over the top. 20-foot ceilings, uh, multiple lifts, stacked cars, and some incredible...
incredible muscle, mainly American muscle. So we'll get into that. A lot of things happening. So come on back next week. For now, I'm going to leave you with drive well, be well, and take care.